It is so good to be able to uh, have a conversation right now. These have been crazy times, <laughs> haven't they? <laughs> and um, I feel like we often have conversations about what's going on, about what God's doing in our lives and in the church, mm -hmm. um, you know, tidbits of them. But I feel like it's just such a great opportunity to sit down, mm -hmm. have a focused conversation on reflecting over the past couple of months, our Justice mini-series, um, all of that. Mm -hmm. And so, um, so um, I feel like we have all had a lot of questions, a lot of themes running through our minds. Um, and so like, let's, I'd love to just start off, what, what sort of questions are we asking? What themes are filling our minds right now, particularly in this season of COVID, uh, racial injustice, and all that stuff? Yeah, there's so much. <laughs> and there's, there are a few things that come to mind. Um, first of all, though, it's just like there's such a lack of compassion from folks, and that really mm. baffles me mm. at times, especially around the pandemic, right? Like there are so many people who just treat things as if their own health is the only thing that matters and not understanding, you know, that what they do impacts the people in their community, impacts somebody else's grandmother. Like, it's just mm. frustrating, especially for it being having been going on for so long. Um, and I think a lot of times we talk about COVID as a public health issue, mm -hmm. but I mean, it's also a justice issue and mm. we've seen the yep. injustice in this yeah. um, very prevalent, um, that it just disproportionately impacts people of color. And, um, and then even when you think about the treatment that people of color receive when they go to get help, um, it just, it, it's very difficult for me to divorce the two and it's hard for me to think about COVID without thinking about the injustice that comes up. So. I don't know, it sparked um, different reactions in me, right? Like, mm -hmm. I've noticed the need to tend to my own exhaustion, to tend to my mm -hmm. own healing. Mm -hmm. um, but it, it it takes a lot of energy. <laughs> it mm -hmm. takes a lot of energy, yeah. Mm -hmm. but, uh, exhaustion around, like, can you share more about? Yeah, I, well, the exhaustion around just all of the injustice that we've been seeing. Mm -hmm. So it's like a... You know, this is a lifelong thing. Like, injustice is not news to me, but I've also learned to live and engage with it a little bit more passively, right? Because it just, mm. I'm, t I'm as a black woman, taught, like, this is part of life. This is part of existing <laughs> in this space, mm -hmm. um, which I have to continue to remember, like, no, God didn't have for me to live like that. Mm. But it is exhausting when it happens again and again. Injustice is not served. Um and even without justice being served, the fact that it happens, the fact that people are perceived, people who look like me and my brothers are, are perceived that way, um, that in itself is exhausting. That yeah. in itself is disheartening, you know? And so it's, it's especially after George Floyd was murdered, I had to, it's just, I had to begin to acknowledge, like, I do feel nervous when I leave home. And I feel that nervousness for my brothers, for my father. You know, um, I, I do feel nervous when I go in the store. I am paranoid. Like, I, I have to, I have these thoughts, and it's actually not normal. Like, I've, I've learned to live huh. that way, but it's not normal, and it doesn't have to be normal. Mm -hmm. um, and so I've had to begin to focus more energy on taking care of myself. <laughs> um, and and so it's, it's, it's looked like investing in therapy. It's looked mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. taking space from conversations that I don't, have the energy to have mm. you know what I mean but it also has kind of reignited an energy in me that like I do have very strong convictions around bridge building um and for me um like in some moments it feels like it would be easier to step away from multi-ethnic community but I don't think mm. that the healing that needs to happen in me and for others 
I don't think that happens apart from relationship. And so for me to back out mm. of the multi-ethnic community would be doing myself and others a disservice. Mm. So I've, I've chosen to lean into that a bit more and, and understanding that, yeah, every, every person who enters into the conversation around justice has a responsibility. Mm. Um, and it doesn't matter like what ethnic background you're coming from. Um, all of our work is going to look significantly different, right? Mm -hmm. For me, mm -hmm. in this season, it looks mm -hmm. like healing so that I can continue to have mm. the conversations. But I am continuing to ask God, like, what does it look like for me to show up as a bridge builder, to be someone who is following Jesus, and who mm. understands my identity first as his beloved daughter, mm. the first, not the last. Like, I'm his child, I'm following him, and I wanna pursue uh, racial reconciliation as a part of justice. So what does that look like for me to participate? Mm. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> And Constance, like, you know, we've been walking together for now a couple of years now, yes. good good number of years. Yes. And I just know, as you're just talking about how your passion for bridge building mm -hmm. and for leaning in and to really claiming your identity and, you know, all those things, yeah. I just know you as someone who gives really generously of yourself. Mm -hmm. I also heard you say that you want to choose healing. Like, you're, you're attending to your exhaustion and to your healing. Mm -hmm. And I know you said that in a very gentle way, but I know that's been a journey for you. And I've seen you and I've walked alongside you in that. And I, I know you hold, I just heard, you said that really quickly, but I want everyone to know there's a lot of tension in that, right? Yeah. Because there's this desire to do everything you're really good at and to attend to who God created you to be and your limits and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. How does holding that tension feel? <laughs> You know what? I mean, just the way that I talked about it, it's real easy to skip past it. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. if if I don't, if I'm not careful, right? But it is exhausting. It's yeah. like, I think that adds to the weight of everything. It's like I I I feel the need to be effective and thrive and be exceptional, even like in everything mm -hmm. that I do. Mm -hmm. But then on top of that, I'm like having to continually tend to like this trauma. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? And to be able to focus that on myself. Um, instead of like just ignoring me and investing in somebody else's healing, right? Because that would just mm. be easier. It's just easier <laughs> to pour out love on somebody um, instead of focusing on pouring out love on myself. So it is hard. Mm. It is hard. And it's and it's a way that I've learned to get by for years at this mm. point of like, let me just not, let me just not pay attention to me. <laughs> but um, I think it's time out for that. And so, yeah, I've appreciated being able to walk with y'all. And it's been really helpful to just have folks continue to hold up the mirror and say, like, no, nah, girl, how you doing? Like, <laughs> take care of you, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's part of the trauma, right? Yeah. To say, I don't have to be exceptional. Yeah. That's part of the trauma. And I'm so grateful every time you choose to attend to that. It's hard. It's hard yeah. work. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, something that, as you're saying about being a bridge builder and everybody has a role to play, mm -hmm. I think um, that's something I've been thinking a lot about this in this season of, you know, okay, so what, asking God, really seeking God on like, what, do, what role do you have me, taking into account all of who I am, mm -hmm. in, what role do you want me to play in justice work? Um, and so that's like, taking into account my, I mean, I, I believe that God knew that during this moment in time, I would be um, a white woman with three little kids who works and lives in the city and is here, you know, and has a personality that is 
uh, generally very would like to see quick results <laughs> and um, really gets excited about that sort of thing. Enneagram eight, whatever, you know, all those things. God's, God's formed me and there, there's beauty in that. And I think if I'm not seeking God on that question, it's really easy for me to view some of those things as liabilities mm -hmm. that are preventing me from doing justice mm -hmm. rather than um, so rather than as like avenues for justice to flourish uniquely in me. As a mom, this is part of the um, this is part of my calling right now mm -hmm. um, in this moment to help develop a sense of justice and um, compassion in our kids. And so um, yeah, so that's like one thing. But, but so how do I not view my parts of myself that don't fit the kind of perfect look of what justice is? Mm -hmm. um, how, do I, how do I ask God to show me what, how, not to view those as liabilities, but really to view those as avenues for justice to flourish and grow? Mm -hmm. um, so that's a question I've been asking. I think also as, as we're all learning and unlearning a lot and we're wanting um, to pursue anti-racism, and I think that's a really really key part of living out the gospel, of being a follower of Jesus. And I think though that in that, I have kind of have this check that I have to keep having for myself mm -hmm. where my question I have is, in my, in my journey in anti-racism, is it making me more like Jesus? Mm -hmm. And is my love for Jesus growing mm -hmm. and expanding? And my love for others expanding? Mm -hmm. Or is it making me more judgmental, more <laughs> self-righteous, more wanting to be like, oh, I'm not trying to like otherize people, like I'm not those white people, right? Like, is it making me more on guard? Um, and, and if it's that, then I'm having to say, wait, hang on, I need, I need to pull back and like make sure I really am staying close to the heart of Jesus. Um, because it's a really easy I, for me to like swing into the like, all right, let's just be real, here we go <laughs> on anti-racism. And I think we, I think that following Jesus, the it is, Anti-racism is a critical outworking of what it means to follow and love Jesus, right? Um, but is it, so, so how, can I, how can I pursue the heart of Jesus and anti-racism at the same time, but allow the heart of Jesus to be what's really forming me? Mm -hmm. um, and, and so that I am more humble, more compassionate. I keep thinking of this like, can we as people of God, if we, if we are close to the heart of Jesus, can we have a low tolerance for injustice? Mm -hmm. Not playing games with that, but a high commitment to redemption, reconciliation, no lost causes, right? Um, is that who we are becoming through our pursuit of justice? I totally resonate with that. Yeah. I think, I think the understanding, I, I feel like I, I know the language of justice. Mm -hmm. I know the appearance of justice, the way of justice in, in, in a state, and I don't know it just naturally, but I've done a lot of study. But I think something that God's been really speaking to me is, what is the character of justice? Hmm. Who am I? What does justice look like in public and in private? Hmm. Um, and when I start thinking about that, that question really puts me on my knees. Hmm. And it says, God, I need help. Like, I know this prayer isn't going to lead me to perfection in my private life, but how can I be living this out in a totally holistic way where God is totally involved in it and that God is leading me in the way of justice. Hmm. I think of this time when um, one time on social media, I, you know, I try to live justly in my own style, my own way. Yeah. I'm not a very loud person, so I'm not very loud on social media either. Mm -hmm. Well, one thing that was encouraged me a long time ago was this um, one of a, a social media friend, I should say, um, 
reached out and said, ask, you know, ask questions about like how I want to learn more about this thing. I know you're an advocate. And I remember just being so touched by that. Like she knows, like she's calls me an advocate. She's, um, she's younger in the journey of anti-racism. Um, but I think the challenge for me is, am I an advocate in public and also in private? Am I seeking reconciliation in public in all the relationships I have? Am I also seeking reconciliation in my family? in my marriage, right, and all the things. And I think when I just think about all the things, it really causes me to say, God, I need help, and please lead me in the way. Um, something else I've been thinking a lot about, too, is like, especially when the season has felt more intense, there's been different, more intense moments this past couple of months, I can't help but feel like my mind can't stop running, and I can't stop like scrolling through and reading everything and consuming everything. And I feel like in the midst of that frenzy, God's been like, Ruth, um, why are you, what are you trying to prove? Like, why are you running? Like, why are you striving so hard? And I feel like the Spirit's been telling me things like, you don't have to prove anything. I know you, you care deeply. I see that. And that's good. And let it continue to move you. But also, I see in you, Ruth, <laughs> this desire to like, prove your significance, to, to prove to the world that God is real sort of thing. And I feel God slowing me down and saying, no, you're imperfect and you are loved and you are free. And I hear that voice. Um, the leaders, the life group leaders are getting ready for the fall and they started reading, we started reading a book called In the Name of Jesus by Henry Nouwen. And Henry Nouwen just talks all the time about really starting from a place of belovedness. They don't have to start from a place of trying to prove anything. I don't have to, you know, all the things, but I can start from a place of freedom, that we are already free and what it means to live into that. Um, something else I've also been thinking about is how I'm able to see as if God, how the way God sees things. I am so good at seeing all the negative. <laughs> Let's just be honest. That's just how I am. <laughs> That's how I'm wired. Um, it's so fun though sometimes. <laughs> I'm really an expert at critique, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and self-critique too, right? <laughs> um, but I feel God being like, you know, I don't want you to become an expert in knowing what the evil one is doing. I want you to be expert in knowing what God is doing. And it includes both, but how do I see? How, do be, how can I be spiritually awake and to see what God is doing? And um, Pastor Jonathan Brooks from um, Canaan Community Church, actually the church in Englewood that we um, uh, partnered with this past season, he talks a lot about putting on bifocals. Bifocals um, that are able to see, to walk through our neighbors and see the brokenness, mm -hmm. but to see the beauty. Mm -hmm. To see the problems mm -hmm. deeply and to feel the hope deeply too. Mm -hmm. And I feel that invitation um, to walk through my life, to walk through our city, um, and to see you in that way. And, and so that leads me just to really think about like, God, where are you showing up in the very mundane things? Like I went running this morning and I was passing my trees and that, that phrase, oaks of righteousness, just stood out to me. And I was like, what are the stories these, these trees are telling? And they've been around in Chicago for years and years and years. Um, another simple thing is like seeing the sacred and the ordinary with my children. So I'm just full confession. I'm coming today as a very, very, very weary <laughs> parent. And sometimes the ordinary things that um, happen at home, I don't see as a work of reconciliation. When the 10th time during the day when my two children are at it and they uh, make peace, 
Um, that is a moment, though, when I'm able to, to pause and to see the beauty in front of me, is God is doing a reconciling work, God is teaching reconciling work, and I'm able to be, participate as an agent of reconciliation. And I'm not, I'm not pretending like every time it's a, it's a <laughs> celebration, but I think in those moments when I'm able to pause and just to feel and to see the sacredness, I think God is teaching me something even through my children. Yeah. Yeah, that's so true. And it, it, I feel like it takes a lot of discipline, too, to train our eyes yeah. to see that, to train our hearts to be tender towards those things. I, um, a couple weeks ago, you know, we talk about kind of like the grief of this season. Like, I feel like mm-hmm. it's come in waves in that. And so a couple weeks ago, I felt like deep in it. And I was like, mm-hmm. like you mentioned, reading all the things all the mm-hmm. time, mm-hmm. like just really focusing on um, all the bad that was happening and I was trying to get out of that headspace and at some point in the week I ended up talking with Cece and um, just a really good reminder of like you got to shift our focus mm-hmm. and really focus on like what is God doing mm-hmm. um, and even if I'm looking at our leadership and seeing like the end up federal leadership being able to say like no but God is working on transforming the hearts of his children. Hmm. Um, like our I, my neighbors and people who are within my realm of influence, like that's who I need to be looking at. And that's mm-hmm. where I can continue to look to see like the, the powerful work of God. But it really is just a matter of like trying to focus on God to try and keep myself grounded. Mm-hmm. And I hear that in what you're hmm. saying and I've heard that from others as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, and I think it's in this season where so much has been upended from COVID in particular, it's really like some of the spiritual practices that we've had, mm-hmm. um, we don't have anymore, mm-hmm. right? Like I, I miss singing worship songs together mm-hmm. in church, loud, the spirit present in a way that it just is not the same when I'm belting <laughs> it to myself. <laughs> In my bedroom, not quite the same, right? So like, but so some of the things that worked for keeping us grounded don't work anymore or aren't available to us. And so like, what sorts of things are keeping us grounded? Like what are, what are some newer things or things that are really feeling like are helpful in, in how we connect to the Lord during this time? I think for me, a lot of it is um, practicing Sabbath um, mm. and re-envisioning what that looks like for my life in this season. Um, I think I used to see it as more of a structure, like I got to do it on this day for these hours. And I've mm-hmm. began really kind of figuring out, like, how can I make this part of my daily life and also still have like a day set aside where I do do that for an extended period of time. Mm-hmm. And so um, oftentimes I will take a break from social media because I just need to protect my headspace. Mm. And there are so many things that um, like there's so many things that you can see when you're scrolling. You know what I mean? And you go from a joyful moment, somebody just had a baby, somebody just got engaged, somebody just got married, <laughs> and then you see all this terrible news intermixed mm, with that, and it's yeah. just an emotional roller coaster. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's terrible. It's terrible. So I really am intentional about giving myself mm-hmm. space from that. Um, but then it also looks like, um, again, um, investing in therapy, investing mm-hmm. in time away, giving myself permission to say, like, hey, I don't, um, I don't want to have certain conversations right now. Like, I can't do it. You know what mm-hmm, I mean? And, mm-hmm. and letting that be okay. But I also um, have been learning to really embrace, like, limits in that. Like, there, there are, there's only so much I can do. I only have so much emotional energy. I only have so much mental energy. And so if I need to 
tailor down my to-do list for the day because I just recognize that I don't actually have the amount of um, re- personal resources to do mm. all the things on my list today, then that's what I'm going to do. And if it means that I do something and I, and I do it great and I don't do it exceeding exceptionally well, that's okay because that's what I'm able to accomplish today mm. and allowing myself to be at peace with that mm. instead of continuing to push um, into that. But otherwise, of course continuing to pray and continuing to submit myself and my mm-hmm. feelings, my emotions to God. Um, but also like staying in the word and being reminded of like, what are God's promises to us? Mm-hmm. What did God say is true? Because those things are still true yesterday, today, forever. Like it Amen. is, this is the truth. And so continuing to stay rooted in that. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think about like stepping into scripture or spending time in scripture. I, for me, it's been really, um, I found myself drawn to different passages or different parts of scripture than I would have expected during this time. So I've gotten real deep into the Old Testament, like early, early Old Testament stories and um, like Abraham and Sarah and Moses and all that kind of stuff. And I think what I'm reading and really paying attention to this time is um, the the moments, the, the details before the victory. Right? Like, I feel like usually when I think of Abraham and Sarah, it's like, okay, great, God gave, made a covenant. Eventually they had Isaac, right? Mm-hmm. Moses, like, yeah, God got them out, or God got, you know, the Israelites out of Egypt, that kind of thing. Um, but there's like so much in the in between space, right? So, like, when God made the covenant to Abraham uh, to that Sarah would have a son, they waited 25 years. 25 years. That's like 25 years of 365 days 25 times right like that is so long and 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 then same thing like joseph in prison for two years after he thought he was going to get out and the israelites wandering around after the victorious exit from from egypt now they're wandering out for 40 years there are so many pictures of um that middle that waiting that space of i know god promised but what is happening right and that and Paying attention to that, I am like those times, uh, paying attention to the struggle rather than the victory for me is really giving me a deeper sense of hope um, that God is still working, even though all of this feels like it's a dumpster fire, you know, mm-hmm. like God is still working. And um, so what does it look like to be faithful in, the, in that waiting space? Yeah. And so... Um, and I feel like a sense of solidarity almost <laughs> to the people of God <laughs> um, where it's like, yeah, okay, there are people who went before us who have waited way longer than we have. This yes. is like nothing, yes. right? Um, yes. and, and, that's, and so that there's a sense of hope, that, like kind of a deep hope that comes um, from reading and, and kind of connecting to how God worked in those times. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think also I'm, I'm sensing kind of a deeper need to stay connected to the Lord in prayer, mm-hmm. really praying to God for transformation, not just like about what I'm concerned about, but like really, but like not just thinking about what I'm concerned about, but really praying and se- spending time before the Lord to pray for my transformation mm-hmm. and also for the transformation of our community. Mm-hmm. I think that's, that's a, a piece that's really kind of helping shape my heart and make me pivot my eyes on the Lord. Yeah. 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 I feel like prayer. I mean, <laughs> I feel like sometimes you pray because you're happy, and sometimes you pray you're desperate. I've. I feel like desperation has been a 
pretty <laughs> a good motivator for me. Yeah. And Emily, when you're talking about the Old Testament and like those those years of waiting, I feel like with spiritual formation, like I don't know why we feel this way, but sometimes we feel like when we're struggling, we're not growing. Mm. And it's really actually in the struggle yep. where there, that's like probably the 20 some years up to the moment and then hola, yeah. you know. Yeah. And so for me, a spiritual practice helps me remember that when I'm struggling, um, Mm -hmm. God is still working and God can still speak and God is wrestling with me and I'm wrestling with God is running because I have um, a love-hate relationship with it. I hate it when I'm running. (laughs) Love it when it's over. But the practice of it... Right, gotta get there. Um, but yeah, when I'm running, it's just like this out at this physical and outwork a reminder, telling my body, the Lord is all I say, you know, reciting scripture, the Lord is my shepherd, I have all that I need. However, I consider my life worth nothing to me if only I may finish the race, you know, um, that God has called me to <laughs> butcher that one. But all those things, and I think the other thing is like a spirit, oh, there's so many spiritual practices. Another one is really saying. I need to radically accept hmm. my limits. <laughs> because the, the, I am limited and I'm human and that is a beautiful thing. It is a hard thing. And I, I mean, friends, let's be honest. I'm going to confess, right? How many times did I come to our staff meetings and just feel like, oh my gosh, I'm just struggling. And here I am struggling again and again. And I literally like sobbed in front of you all, like literally sobbed <laughs> at some point, not intentionally. It just all came out. But and I think just like, honestly, after some point in time, you just, it's embarrassing. Yeah. And I think for me, being radically accepting of myself and where I am mm-hmm. is saying, I can feel embarrassed and I can feel the love of God, I can feel the support of friends, and to receive the support. I think that's a spiritual practice, to receive support, to receive help, and to say, I don't have it all, and to also see what God does in the midst of that. Um, I've Even just in the, in the life group ministry, if I can just share for a second, is that I have seen, even in my uncertainty, even my needs, I've seen other people step in ways, and I feel like the life group ministry has been benefiting from. Um, yeah. Yeah. Emily, you mentioned before uh, transformation mm-hmm. and just thinking about that for yourself for the commun- and for our community. And that's something I've also been thinking and praying about as well. Um, it's just looking at what transformation can be in this season and also like what God is calling us into as we continue to be a church community that's committed to following Jesus and pursuing God's heart for justice and that. Mm-hmm. And so um, I just, my prayer for us has been that we would continue to be a church that feels countercultural. Hmm. Um, we have been very intentional about engaging in the topic of justice and justice issues and like really trying to call people into action and to be committed to the work of this long term. Um, but there, there are ways that it's felt in this past season for our church that we have been pushing against the, the grain and feeling hmm. countercultural, especially in trying to encourage folks to not just do things that are convenient, but to actually like there's sacrifice involved. There's a cost to your discipleship and, and there's a cost to your contribution to our community at large. But I think even even with that, like our conversations around justice and our sacrifice around justice should look and feel different 
in our community because we are following Jesus hmm. um, than it does when we might experience it in society at large. Um, and it, to me, would be conversations because of our love of Jesus that would be like immense with grace, that would be full of radical accountability. Because yeah. um, yes, grace and also change and transform <laughs> you know what i mean but with the end goal of reconciliation and restoration um i think a lot of times when we have conversations maybe outside of the church and we look at conversation around justice it can be pretty punitive mm-hmm. in that and so my my heart for us is that we would continue to be a space where yes change just come because we are following jesus and advocating for for justice in that way Yes. I resonate so much with that. Yeah. Yeah, I had a friend who just said, like, we want to keep people accountable, right? And we want, we want people to be held accountable. And then, but the, right now the system is like, just put people in the criminal justice system. But we don't want to stop there. We don't want to hold accountable and send people to that system. We want to even change that system. And I think that like, it's kind of like, oh, it's like, it's almost like going through a room and being like, I want to change one room. That actually needs to change the room. I actually can change the whole house. And that kind of work, I hear God being inviting new community to. And that work is a deep, slow work, right? Like, Emily, you're talking about those decades and hundreds of years, really, even the Old Testament. Like, that's a really long time. Um, and I sometimes can't even wrap my mind around all of that. I don't know if you know, but I went to um, I went to Hawaii and I saw this one plant and it featured this one plant. I kind of looked it up and it might not be this one, but there's this plant called Coco de Mer. I think I'm saying correctly, and it's a seed that takes six to seven years just to form, and then after that, it takes two years to germinate. So two years just for it to like have a little sprout, right? <laughs> And then a hundred years just to get to place of full maturity where it starts reproducing. And then from there on it, go, it lives hundreds and hundreds of years. And I can't even fathom that. I'm only like, I'm not a hundred years old. So, um, but I feel like that is the work of, I feel God inviting new community to that deep, slow work of discipleship, but that has, bears fruit for years and years to come, from generations to come. Like we're not just building this church for us right now, for this year, for this month, right, for this week, but what are we building? What is the legacy that we're living and building for not just me, but from our children and our children's children and their children's children and for them with the world, right? Like how are we invited into the work of reconciliation, of shalom that God is doing and God initiated, but we get to participate in it. And it is so countercultural. It is so counterintuitive because I like the instant. I want to know that I'm making progress. I want to know that I'm doing what's right. I want that immediate um, instant feedback, right? But I hear and I see in the scriptures, it is the long, slow, deep work of God that is producing beautiful fruit. And I know that I don't have to be attached to the outcome. I can follow God one step at a time. And it is a beautiful, good thing. I know that to be true. I feel like in order for Newcom to be that, like, I think for us to should enter into that deep work, mm-hmm. I feel like I, there's two things that come to mind. One, I feel like we have to be a people of radical hope. Yes. Radical yes. hope, yes. right? And this is like countercultural. Yes. Like not hope, and I, when I say hope, I don't mean like naive, like, oh, if we, you know, if we don't talk about it, then it'll be fine. Or like, let's not do, you know, it, it, it'll all turn out. Sure. Like, no, 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 not that kind of hope, right? Like, yeah. I feel like 
throughout scripture, like we can look for people who understand brokenness. Like I think as followers of Jesus, we should like really have a deep understanding of brokenness, yeah. <laughs> um, the have brokenness of our world and in ourselves. And, and so we're sober about the reality of like what, it, what our brokenness includes, mm -hmm. systems, et cetera. But, but deeply hopeful in that, that we have a God who is already just, has already completed, mm -hmm. you know, has promised that shalom and that restoration. And so how, like, I feel like in order for us to, like, we being a people of hope means that we are kind of crazy enough to think that reconciliation can happen. Mm -hmm. <laughs> crazy enough to believe, to, to fight for redemption in everybody, yes. you in know, everybody. in everybody, everybody. right? I was, re I was reading Zacchaeus <laughs> with my kids this morning, um, and what just kept going through my head is like, man, there are no lost causes. I've already said this, but like, there are no lost causes. And as people of God, countercultural people, we have to say, you know what? Jesus shows us that, that there were no lost causes. I'm not a lost cause, and neither are some of those folks who are leading Mm. right now mm. who seem like there's a lot of difficulty going on lab challenge <laughs> to, to put it nicely <laughs> I tried um, but you know so are we can we be a people of radical hope I think that's critical for us to being able to do that long road like the long deep work mm. but I think secondly um, I think that it, I think that it requires all of us to take ownership of, of our own transformation yeah. as people, as a person of hope, right? Really staying close and, learn, and, and being um, transformed by the hope of God. But I don't think we can take this long road as just a whole bunch of eyes and knees, mm -hmm. right? As individuals. Right. But I think that um, we are called as a we, as a corporate identity yes. to be the people of God yep. who are hopeful and radical in that. And so I think uh, in this moment, it is really easy for us to all feel disconnected from each other. Um, you know, we're all virtual. It's, there's, there's so much going on. It's easy to feel that disconnection from Newcom, I think. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think in, we actually have to fight for the we. Yes. Fight for the we. Fight to say, you know what? I am part of this community. This community is part of me, and we are going to do this together. Mm -hmm. um, not just saying like, "Oh, I'm part of Newcom as long as I like what's going on," <laughs> but when I when I'm not so keen on what's happening, Newcom is doing it, and I'm on my own, right? <laughs> um, but really saying, "We're going to fight for the we. We are going to fight for unity. We are going to fight for, and not unity, just like again, hunky dory, everything's fine, but mm -hmm. unity that's that is deep." work saying mm -hmm. we're going to do deep reconciliation not just surface stuff yep. having, the um, conversations. having the hard conversations mm -hmm. and so i think in order for newcom to do the deep work to be countercultural, we have to fight for yep. um for fight for the we amen, amen. so true mm -hmm. and emily as you say all that it was like my heart's like pumping because i'm like yes it is we it has to be we because we want to do this for the long haul right. If we want to go far, we have to go together. Right. And I cannot tell you a number of times I've seen the spirit of division present in our world, in our, even in our church, right? Like the spirit of division is fierce. And if we don't have eyes to see it, we may be, um, become victim to that. Yeah. And that's yeah. unity you're talking about. I, I, I believe deep in my soul that God has called New Community a unique call to a unique work. Mm -hmm. And it requires us to be into the long haul and it requires us to be intact together. Yes. 
And I want to see that. And I want to do what God wants. More than anything, I want to do what God wants. And I believe that that requires of us. And I, I, I just feel like this conversation just leads me to be like, Lord, we want this. Mm-hmm. We need this. Mm-hmm. God, you started it. It's not our not idea. Us. Not us, right. And God, you're already here in our city. Mm-hmm. And so continue to have your way. Mm-hmm. You're already here. We're not doing anything new. We're not starting and championing any new cause. Mm-hmm. It's decades. Mm-hmm. Hundreds of years. Thousands of years. Joining the work God's already doing. Yeah. And for years and years and years. Amen. 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 Amen.